For those of you that haven't been with us, we're in a series that we finished today called Above the Noise. And the reason we chose a video like that is because moments like that make you cringe. Whether it's somebody cracking their knuckles or chewing loud in your ear, there's just these things, these noises that happen to us that make you just kind of freak out. And I was saying in this idea of this series, I wish that we got sort of that freaked out and just kind of squirmy about the noise that the enemy tries to bring in our life to distract us from what God has for us. Am I, are you with me? All of the stuff and culture and stress and pressure. And that's why we've been talking about uh, how prayer helps us get above the noise. We talk one week about how worship was designed for us to get above the noise. You know, worship is never wasted, right? And so getting above the noise in worship. And last week we talked about, we got to get above the noise of how the world tells us to spend our money. You must buy this and you have to have that. And just all the pressure of how we spend, we got to get above that noise. And so today I'm going to be talking about how uh, the, the scripture, the holy word, the Bible helps us get above the noise because we just have to be above the noise. I noticed even traveling, for those of you that don't know, Maddie, our worship leader, uh, got married on Thursday. Give it up for her and Ben. Got married, yep. That was out. That was out in the Portland area, and so we flew out there for a couple days. And um, I just even noticed again traveling through the airport how many people uh, just earbuds and just always noise, no matter what, no matter where, just noise. Are you with me? And um, just even being on the coast and near the ocean, and as people around the boardwalk or even you know walk in the water, just earbuds in, and just just again, anytime that you can sort of be above the noise, we find a way to just make noise. And, um, and so our culture is just obsessed with noise. And, and I believe the enemy is doing a good job distracting us with just noise, noise of culture, all the things that we've mentioned. And so the one thing that the Bible does, and the reason we're going to talk about it today, because one of the great things the Bible does is not only does it help us get above the noise of culture, it also helps us define an absolute truth, which is missing in culture. I mean, you know, one side can say it's this, and the other side argues just as passionately, no, this is happening. Are you with me? Well, who gets to decide? What channel gets to tell us is the real truth? What book do we get to read that tells us, I'm so grateful that we have a book that can tell us this is the absolute truth. Are you with me? You don't have to decide which channel or which person or which media. Are you with me? We get to go to the Holy Scripture and say, God says that this is the truth. This is God's word. Our scripture is not given to us as a rule book, as a thing. This is such a benefit and such a a value to us to be able to say, you know what? This is the truth. How am I going to raise my kids? Here. Well, culture says this, and, and this self-help book says this, and this person says and all my neighborhood and all my communities say that this, and what does the Bible say? Because this side believes this, and this side believes this, and people back here believe that. What does the Bible say? And that's what we get to stay married to. That's what we get to stay connected to. It is our absolute truth. It's the inspired word of God. Amen. Yeah. And it's perfect and it's foolproof, and it's standed the test of time. Amen. That's why the book of Isaiah says this in Isaiah 40, verse 8. This is the voice translation. It says, The grass withers, the flower fades, nothing lasts except the word of our God. It will stand how long? Forever. It stands the test of time forever. Culture changes, fads change, everything changes, all the styles change, but the word of God lasts forever. 
Uh, and again, I, I realize I'm, I'm preaching to a choir and, and I'm in here, you know, talking about the Bible. We need, but I really want us this morning to grasp this heavy truth of it doesn't matter what trend, what style, whatever thing is. None of it compares to the fact that this Bible is above it all. Amen. And it will last forever and its truths are above all else. Amen. Uh, I thought about this, you know, and actually to tell you the truth, I had a, a different sermon prepared about the Bible and I was going to come in and, and talk to you about um, how much you can believe the Bible and all the facts about how long it's lasted over time and all of its different copy. But God just really put it on my heart to be very practical with you about the Bible this morning. Just, and, and so it's actually not even a very long sermon. I'm going to give you some really practical things to walk away with here in a minute. Uh, but, but one of the things I was starting to do in my other sermons was just really lay out how long and, and how forever standing these truths are. Uh, you know, you guys all know this already, but uh, not only is the Bible th the bestseller of all time, right? It becomes the bestseller every year. So we say, oh, it's, it's such a, you know, and we, we call it ancient words, uh, these, these holy scriptures, these texts, uh, this word of God. Uh, and it is that, but at the same time, it's the most relevant fresh words every single year. Every time I peel it open in every season of my life, it becomes the freshest, realest, newest material to me I've ever read. Are you with me? And so it stands the test of time. It's the bestseller every single year. It is literally the best book you could ever have be a part of your life. It's the most important content you could ever have be a part of your life. It's important to learn principles of finances, whether Ramsey or all these other, and that's important for us to, un, and it's important for us to understand economics and how to, but it's so important for us to understand the scripture inside and out. Yeah. You can know movies and TV shows. We could all have conversations about the office and friends and which one's better and this superhero movie to that superhero movie and have all this breakdown of it. But the most important thing you can ever break down and have an opinion about is the Holy Word. And again, I'm being very practical with it, but I'm just telling you, our emphasis, our whole life needs to be everything. Uh, back in Jewish culture, literally, the, they, they would wear the tassels of the Torah around their neck. And literally, uh, what it meant to them was life. So literally, when they would talk about Scripture, they would talk about it that Scripture is life. It's their life. It's everything. Nothing else matters but what we know about God's Word. Amen. I wonder if that's said about us, uh, that literally if somebody were to look at our life and be like, man, their life is the word. Their life is God's word, or is our life the Wolverines? I gave up on them a couple of days ago, so it's not mine anymore. <laughs> but is your life your home, or your job, or your career, or is your life God's word? Amen. I, um, I thought about just in everything, uh, it's so important for us uh, I shared this with you, I think, during our worship uh, week sermon. My mentor says this, like, do you participate in this thing the way, the way that you're living? Is that the way that you would hope and dream your kids participate in it? So an example would be, do you worship the way that if you could draw up the perfect way you wish that your kids would worship God, are you worshiping that way? Same thing, that was just a challenge he gave to me in the way that I'm like leading my life. Same thing in your word. If you could write down the perfect way that you would want your kids to read the word and consume the word and have the word a part of their life, if you could write up the perfect way that you would want it in their life, are you living that right now? Because that should be our challenge is when we begin to think about how do we want it to matter to the next generation, that's the way it should be modeled and matter to us. So my challenge is we got to get into it in a way that it becomes an example. 
Amen. Everybody wants to be a part of something great. Everybody wants to be used by God. Everybody wants to make a difference or change the world or be a history maker. We all say we want to be used by God this way. We all want to unlock the big secret to change the world for God. And how do you do it? It's by obeying his word. It literally all comes down to this. Like the scripture says, if you love me, keep my commands. What is it? Do my word. Be obedient to the instructions that I've given you. We think that there's some secret mystery out there that if we could just figure out how to do that, we'd change the world for God. When really, if we just follow the processes and the principles and the promises that God gave us in his holy book, we'd be those world changers. We'd, we'd literally be able to empty hell if we were people obedient to his holy word. Are you with me? It's, it's actually that simple, yet actually incredibly, of course, in-depth and complex. I thought about this. God is the God of order. He created the world. He created us. And then he spoke his word in scripture. Why? Because all of those things go together. He created the world. He created us. And then he gave us his holy scripture. Why? Because all of those things working together are how God has called us to live. You can't have seasons of God's word. Oh, we're really going through a hard time. Let's press into the scripture, into God's word, and we need to get above this noise for this season. No, 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 no. It's, it's forever. It's, it's, it's our makeup. It's who we are. It's God's way. Amen. 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 Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. We all like that as Christians. We love the faith concept. Like, oh, I'm going to use my faith. I'm going to use my faith and walk out on the water for God. And we like the faith idea. But Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. We want to be faith people. It means we got to be word of God people. So many people in our lives, they, they want to walk out with God and they want to use their faith and they want to step out into the miraculous, but they have no love for his word. Those two things don't go together. Are you with me? Yeah. We want to be great faith people. We want to be called out into, into the signs and wonders and the things God calls. We got to be a people of the scripture. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I know I'm being very, very practical, but I hope that I'm inspiring you this morning to be like, look, this is where everything begins. This is the, this is the start. This is the fundamental of everything. That means you could say it like this. If you're not into hearing the word of God, then you're not going to be able to please God. Scripture says, so then faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. But the scripture I read to you before that says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So you can't have faith without hearing. We can't please God without faith, meaning reading the word of God is a process in pleasing God. We have to do it, you guys. It has to be a huge function of our life. Not because it's our religious duty, not because we're Christians and we read our... No, it's because it's, it's the victory in our life. It literally is the victory in our life. I would say it like this. If you're not going to read the word during your week, you won't make it. Like if we are people who aren't involved in order to please God, in order to find success, in order to walk in victory, you have to have the word of God an active part of your life. Uh, I'm in a bunny trail here, and this is just how I work. And some of you creatives are going to be able to bunny trail with me. And some of you are going to be like, that still doesn't make sense. And six months from now, you're going to be like, that still doesn't make any sense. But um, for the airplane ride, I loaded my iPad with uh, Jerry Seinfeld's comedians in getting coffee, uh, comedians in cars getting coffee, whatever it is. So I loaded it up to, to watch that. Because I actually, 
I really enjoy the process of comedy and stand up and I just it's interesting um, and so and so I like some of that world and so um, so I'm watching it and for those of you who don't know what it is Jerry basically picks a different car every week a really cool car and he goes and picks up a comedian and then they go and get coffee and they just talk about life and so the episode that I watched that really kind of stuck out to me in this thought again I realize it's a float over many of your heads but he, uh, he talked about, or he has Dave Chappelle on there. So he gets Dave Chappelle, and they're sitting down, and they're talking about um, the creative process and coming up with ideas and how success comes from ideas, the passion of having an idea, the drive of having an idea. Success doesn't come from just saying, I'm going to be successful because, er. And so they were saying, so Dave Chappelle was saying, like, here's where he found things to be successful. He would have an idea. And an idea gets in the car and drives you to success. And so inside the car is the idea, and the idea is driving because it's what's driving, the idea. And I get it. Some of you are going, I still don't get what you're saying. <laughs> so the idea is there, and it's driving you to success because it's the idea that's going to bring the success. And Dave Chappelle was saying there's times where I go, I've, I'm Dave Chappelle, and so I need to continue to be successful. And so he just sets out on something that isn't even an idea. He's just forcing something. And all of a sudden, he's going down the road, and it's not successful. Why? Because there's no idea in the car. He's just trying to make something happen. And so there's no idea. There's no driver. The, the, the idea is not driving anything. And so I thought about the same thing. There's so many of us when it comes to living for God we go, I'm a Christian, and I'm a believer, and I'm going to go be successful, and there's no word of God in your car driving you to that. You have no word. You're not getting up. There's, there's nothing in your car that's leading you to any truth. You haven't put anything in there, and you can't find success in your day. You can't do anything. Why? Because God's word's not with us. Does that make sense? Um, I thought about it, and this is a total confession, but... <laughs> Jess and I did a really bad thing when we left for Portland. We went to the Grand Rapids Airport, and we parked in the parking terminal, and we didn't pay attention to which ramp we were on. <laughs> and they park hundreds of cars in there. And I think it's three or four levels. I'm not sure. I should know because we spent way too much time in there <laughs> yesterday. So uh, we had our baby, Callie, with us and her car seat, and then two other luggages plus some bags. So it was quite an effort to move these things around. And I realized coming back into Grand Rapids when I started thinking about the car, and I said, oh, man, I didn't, like, we didn't make a note about which ramp we're on. And we also have a Ford Explorer, which is white, and those are very common. And I, I really learned that yesterday. <laughs> and so I said, okay, dear, I think we didn't remember which ramp we're on, Okay. And so I got the clicker in my hand to the car, and she's like, I think it's two. And I'm like, I think it's three. And we're rechasing all our steps. And remember when we got out, we got on the thing, and then, and then when we got in the elevator at the Skybridge Terminal, she went down to level one. And I was like, no, you don't want to do level one. We want to do two because we want to take the Skybridge. One would mean we have to, like, cross the road with our luggage. We don't want to do that. We want to do So there was already on our way in, like, a, and so we're retracing all these steps like a bunch of idiots. So us two, she's holding the baby, and I got all these luggages, and, and people are watching us talk like that. We're walking around like, no, remember when we got there, you did the two, and I did the one, and then the road, and the thing, and then we went back up, and we did the, and so then we're walking around like, no, it's two, see, it's two, and I'm doing the clicker, and it's not doing anything, and I'm trying to get it, and okay, let's go back up to three, so then we're up on three, and we thought there was only one elevator in the parking terminal. There's two. 
So now we had the whole, no, remember we were right by the terminal thing. We were right by the elevator. And then, and then all of a sudden we are like, oh, there's two elevators. Well, which elevator was it? I think it was the first one. No, remember? Because we drove past the thing. And I'm not kidding you. Up to three, down to two, like, and clicker. Well, then finally I could get the car alarm to go. So it's like, honk, honk. And, and inside the thing, there's like the exit. And so it's, you could see the other rows. Well, you're also inside a ramp. So it's like, honk, honk. She's like, no, it's this level. I can hear it. It's on this one. I'm like, no, I think it's up in that one over there. So we're like, okay, let's go over here. It's like, oh, it's, it's not that one. There it is. It's that oh, okay. And like, oh, that wasn't ours. I thought that was ours. That was somebody else. And that is all of you without God's word. I'm not kidding you. You're walking around life the same thing. Oh, I'm, I don't got a word from God. I don't know what the scripture says about it, but I'm clicking it over here and I think it's over here. That's literally how we live without God's word. You're trying to find it and figure it out and you're looking like an idiot and you're trying to do it off the last thing you did in your life. If, you would have, if we would have just got a word that said, your car will be found in parking level three, row 18, how to raise your kids is found in chapter, are you with me? Yeah. And you're walking around like, ooh. And the kid's crying, and I'm cussing at luggage, and calling Maddie, like, who gets married in Portland, you idiot? It wasn't even pretty, it was gray. I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, it was beautiful. You saw the pictures. But that's your life when you're like, no God's word. You have no, the scripture says it's a what? Light unto our path. It's, a, it's all this direction that you ignore every single day. You're like, I don't understand why God's not working for me. And he's like, well, you didn't pay attention to the process. Are you with me? All right, so I hope that made enough sense. First John chapter 5 says this. It literally lays it out. It says this, that we're called to pray. First John chapter 5. It says that we're called to pray according to God's will, and he will answer. How do you find God's will? You read his book that is his will, and you pray that. You just pray the scripture. That's how we pray. First uh, Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it. Meditate is to turn it over day and night. Uh, you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe, pay attention to it according to all that is written in it, for then it will make your ways prosperous and you will have good success. How do you have a prosperous way? How do you live in success? You meditate on God's word. You put into action. You pay attention to these truths. This is not a side piece to Christian living that if you feel like it, maybe you could get into God's word. No, it is the way of Christian living. And it's got to be an active part of our lives. Amen. Scripture says it shouldn't depart your mouth, meaning you read it, you speak it, you sing it, you say it. You just, God's word always in our mouth. Amen. That's why we pray as a church. You just pray these scriptures out. And so like for this church, we pray, God, I know that your Bible says that Psalms chapter two, verse eight says, ask of me and I will give you the nations. So we pray that scripture specifically over the church. Amen. That's why you hear us say all the time when somebody's sick, we pray, God, your word says in the book of Isaiah that by his stripes we're healed, right? Uh, I'll save that point. So get very practical with it. My parents are here. I grew up in a Christian home and they did two things that helped me very much as a child. One would be when we were only two things. That's all they did was two things. <laughs> the rest of it, they botched. They botched the rest of it. Uh, <laughs> But, but these things that they did when it came to the word of God, when we would get sick, some of you know Kenneth Copeland, and I know kind of later in his life, he's kind of gotten a little funny in theology, but um, he made this healing CD back then. It was a healing tape, 
and it would be scriptures either saying or read over you when you were sick. So we would get sick, and so mom would come in and uh, you know put Vicks on us and all that stuff, whatever, and uh, and then and then put you and put that healing tape on. And it would meditate. It would be the scripture. Joshua would be happening. I would hear those songs again and again and again. Eventually, as I started to get sick in life, guess what I would start to remember? The scriptures that were sung over me and spoke over me to the point that every time I got sick, what did I start doing? Speaking the word over my life. I was able to just say, boom, boom, right? Because I made it practical. They, they made it for me practical. Are you with me? Another example would be, uh, you're a kid. You get scared of things. So, you know, our parents would say, we, we, we don't get scared around here, right? And they wouldn't say it like that. But, but that's how we should be raised. Like, look, no, listen, the scripture says what? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, right? So when you're little and you go downstairs and you're scared, you've been taught, hey, I don't get scared because God doesn't make us scared. And he gives us actually power and love. But as you grew into older things in life, getting your first job, preaching your first sermon, guess what you remembered? Guess what? I don't got to be afraid. Why? Because God hasn't given me, right? It's, it's, we make this into such a big theology type thing. The Bible is this big. We can break it down. That's why I love our kids' curriculum up there. They say, hey, we're going to learn these simple truths and put these things in really practical ways. Why? Because God's word never fails. It also never, it stands the test of time. It'll go through their whole life. Amen. And so we put these things in place and we live them out. Amen. It's Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. The, the word here, hearing in Greek, is a Greek verb, which means continuous action word. It's a continuous action word. Uh, so it's, it's the hearing, the continual hearing of the word of God. Well, I've already read the book of Matthew before. So no, continued hearing. Well, no, I've already done that. Continued hearing. Amen. Amen. Two points for you real quick before we get out of here. This is where I'm going to get really practical. Two things you need to know. Number one, God's word reassures. That's why we need to read God's word. It reassures you. Man, times are getting crazy. Culture's looking so weird. Uh, God knows. He's actually seen that before the hands of time. Like he knows all that. And so when you read his word, there's a lot of reassurance in there. When you get sick, when you get depressed, when you get anxiety, the reason we help continue to read this word, not only does it guide and provide and give us all, but at the same time, it also reassures us. Amen. Uh, right outside uh, Gary, our director's office, if you look down this hallway, uh, right outside his office door, he's got a scripture. We all know it. Super trust in the Lord with all your might or whatever. Very common. Of course, I know that. Uh, but as we're planting this church and money's not coming in and we don't know how many people are going to be on the team and we're literally starting these little renovations, every time I walked up and down this hallway, are you with me? I saw that. Trust in the Lord. Okay, God, you're right. You're right. And then all of a sudden you start reading God's word and the same theme starts coming up all over the place. Why? Because God's trying to get you reassured through his word. Amen. So, so stop turning to everything else for your anxiety and frustration and depression. Just let God's word reassure you. Amen. Amen. Point number two, uh, read the word with desire to hear from God. One of the biggest mistakes we make as Christians is we read God's word for the wrong reasons. We read it out of religious obligation. And so your mindset going into it is just got to get this done. Just got to get this done. Right? Read it with a desire to hear God's word. Another mistake we make when we read it, we read it to judge others. Oh, this is good for them. I should read that. I'm posting this, right? And you miss what God wants to say to you. 
And I will say this, there's times that you read God's word and it is for somebody else. So you should be in your word because God wants to speak to you so you can speak to somebody else. All of a sudden you're walking through the store, you're at work and someone says, man, I'm really struggling with this. And you go, whoa, that's weird because I just read this morning. Why? Because you took the time to read in the morning. Amen. You took the time to read at night. You took the time to read on lunch break and God uses it to help you reassure somebody else. That's how God works. Amen. Well, God never uses me. Well, I bet he would if we read. Come on. <laughs> it's not a chore. Another one is this. God's word, we, we read God's word to desire to, be, to hear from him, not to become a biblical scholar or meteorologist. So many of us are like, I'm going to be a reader of the word. And we sit down and you have this mindset of the reason you want to read the word is so that you can know the most, be the most, Right? And you'll do yourself a disservice. Now it's important. We want to know this book inside and out. And it's awesome to be a studier of God's word. But if your point and your principle of it really comes from a place of pride, you're going to miss out. So many people read into this just so that they can be the above then and the higher then, and they miss hearing God's word. Amen. I'm going to close with this. We won't. Uh, just really practical. So get out your phone. Get ready to take some notes. I want to share with you just two more minutes, some ways that have helped me, some really cool ways uh, that you can read God's word. Some of you have heard us share this stuff before, but go ahead and throw that slide up there, you guys. There's a couple uh, resources out there I want to share. Uh, one is called She Reads Truth. Uh, he Reads Truth and Kids Read Truth. Um, you can look those up online. You've heard us mention it before. Um, I'm looking at it because I don't know what it is. My wife was just like, here, take this and show them. <laughs> so this is the Easter edition of She Reads Truth. So when you subscribe to this, they send you these books in the mail. So if you're a magazine reader or somebody who likes to read things like this, you subscribe to their thing and they send you basically the Bible in this really cool, pretty, readable uh, thing. And you get them different all the time and huge, huge, just really cool, incredible way to to keep it fresh and to keep it relevant and to follow along. And so um, you can, you know, there's studies and devotion and all that good stuff in there. And so She Reads Truth is a really great way that you can get into God's word in a really cool and creative way. He Reads Truth is the same thing. You can jump in there and subscribe. Uh, they have apps. So you get the apps and you can follow along uh, on your phones and iPads and all those kinds of things. So I encourage you, if you're somebody who struggles with just opening the Bible and reading through scripture, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you signing up for something like this. And just, you know, the enemy would love to say, oh, you, you're, not a real, you're not reading from the Bible, right? Get into this stuff. Whatever helps you read God's word, amen. Kids Read Truth is the same way. You can jump on there and you can find things for your kids. We've used it in different times here at the church for the kids. So Kids Reads Truth uh, is another really cool one. And then another one that's really fun that I use actually here, I just got connected with it this year, is called uh, Paul's Leather Company. And some of you that really like to put things together, this is a company that creates custom Bibles. And so it's a Bible, right? But it's really cool. They got different ways that you can, uh, like the leather's really cool. It's like really soft. They're all custom made. So you get your name on them. You can get a you know, specific thing put on the front of it. Um, but it also has concordance in it. Again, you can get like all the, the study Bible application stuff in there. And so I encourage you, if you're somebody who's like, look, I just need a fresh way. This is a really cool way. It's a really cool Bible. You customize it. You can set it the way that you want. Here's what else I would say about like a Bible Bible. If you're going to get a good Bible, you got to remember this. So I got sermons all over the place on computers. I got them on iPads, all this kind of stuff. But one of the disciplines for me that I really wanted to connect with this year was writing it in a Bible 
to hand it down. There's a lot of things that we do for our kids and the next generation that you're like, oh, I want to be able to pass this down. We do this when we camp. We do this when we, when we you know, go on vacation. You got all these weird traditions that the significant other, when they marry into the family, are like, these guys are wackos. You, know? <laughs> you got all those weird traditions. You know? But how much more so should we be taking all of the revelation and saying, hey, like, here's my life. Yeah. Amen? And so get, get a Bible and write the truths in there of God's word and of your life and then write your struggles. You know, you just literally write your breakthroughs in there and pass it down to your kids and say, look, remember when we were going through this? This is the scripture. Remember when we had this? This is what, are you with me? I remember when we made this decision are you with me? And you just, that's what makes it real. So, you know, we, we believe that the church is going to teach our kids all the lessons. Oh, we're coming to church and they're going to get a lesson and they're going to hear. No, no. Our lives lived on display for them as their lessons. You've all heard the story that says like, you know, you may be the only Bible that somebody reads, right? It's a, anyway, you guys with me? So, so go customize a Bible. Look, these are kind of expensive. It's like a hundred bucks or something. If you make them really custom, but you spend a hundred bucks real quickly at a couple out to eats, right? We're talking about God's word. The scripture says it's going to last forever. I would say, go out, make a plan to get yourself a Bible that you're going to be connected to and, and amen. And then start writing in it, make stuff in it, make it, make it a big deal and pass it on. Amen. The other thing I want you to know about is the last one here. Many of you know about this. It's the YouVersion Bible app. You can download this on all of your platforms. It is the number one app in the app store. And so it has the most download. It's just incredible. And uh, here's what's cool about this one is, uh, of course, it's digital. You can read it on your phones, your iPads, all those kinds of things. Uh, but as you make highlights, and one thing that's nice about it, maybe versus a, a hard Bible, is you can just click all of the different Bible translation. So oh, what does that one say? What does that one say? What does that one say? Uh, but you can highlight it digital. You can also make highlights in different colors. And then when you make those highlights, you can tag those in different categories. And so for me, like if I'm putting together a sermon on faith or if I read a scripture that works good on forgiveness, I can save that in a way that I can look back later and put together a sermon in categories. And so for some of you that really like to put things organized, um, all those digital saves and things like that, there's another thing you can do is you can subscribe in the app to devotionals that are free. And they're really good ones, you guys. They're not cheesy ones. They're some of the nation's best pastors are, are writing things on there. So what's nice about that is it gives you a notification very nicely. It's like pops up. It's like, hey, maybe you forgot to read the Bible today. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, hey, don't forget today you still have to read. But it's, it's awesome. We all need those reminders. And so you get to go through and, and scrub through and read. And, and, and just, it's so important. And so maybe for you, if you're a digital reader and you like to do all that kind of stuff, go download the Version Bible and then start a devotional is all I'm going to encourage you to do. Go on there, subscribe to one. Set up your notifications, do all that kind of stuff. Why? Because just like what they believe back in scripture, this is life. It's everything, you guys.